When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply through. All right, let's talk some cricket now and uh, doing that with us and he joins us quite regularly actually um, from Cricket Unfiltered, Paul Dennett. Paul, thanks for your time, mate. How are you doing? Hello, Paul. Hello. Hello, Hello. mate. How are you? Got you now. Sorry about that. I'm good. How are you going? Yeah, really well. Um, Some people are saying this has been dragging on too long, this series against Sri Lanka. Um, I don't know so much. It has been lopsided, save for that one match where we won in a super over. But it all comes to a conclusion tonight, and, and our boys um, gunning for uh, a fifth, well, a clean sweep of the series. Yeah, um, it's been an entertaining series, but I think I just think the country in February is just thinking football, isn't it? You know, it's um, mm. rugby league in Sydney and Aussie rules in Melbourne, and so. It's always been tough to sell cricket in, in February. I've loved it, um, but I'm probably a bit of a, you know, <laughs> a bit yeah. out there. Um, <laughs> I, I think that um, Sri Lanka have been a little unlucky. They've had a fair few players come down with COVID, a few drop mm. catches, and Australia are just so good. Um, we have exposed a few players to international cricket who haven't had much of a chance before, and in doing so, uh, we've created a, ha- a happy headache for ourselves because someone like Josh Inglis has played so well. Mm. It's going to be very difficult to leave him out. Steve Smith has unfortunately missed out because of concussion. Talk is, you know, to whether he'll actually ever play for Australia in, in T20 cricket again. Mm. Um, Mitchell Marsh has still got to come back into the side. He's going to put pressure on Aaron Finch. You and I chatted the other week about Tim David, who's gone from nowhere to mm. one and a half million at the IPL. So he has a big IPL. He could be threatening as well. So mm. happy problems for Australia to have. Yeah, it is. And I was just saying here to Justin earlier, I think, is that eight or nine on the trot for us now, if you include, what, um, the most recent World Cup? I guess that the, those figures are in, included there. So we're going along nicely, as you say, with some, some good selection issues to have um, for us. But where where are we currently ranked? Our ranking doesn't seem to be um, escalating in line with our, our performances. No, we're currently ranked sixth in the world, which is um, amusing. Because in the past, there's been times when Australia has felt like they're hopeless at T20 cricket, and yet we've been ranked first. So I think, I mean, I I have a lot of sympathy with them because the the rankings are very hard to do because the the international T20s are fairly few and far between. The crazy thing about these rankings is they take into account games as far back as May of 2018. Now, I watch as much cricket as as anyone. If you ask me to tell you what happened in 2018 in T20 cricket, I'm going to draw a blank. Uh, So I think that there's a bit of a problem there that they need to um, revamp them a little bit. And also, it doesn't help that Australia has gone into all these series with second-string sides. We got beaten by New Zealand, we got beaten by West Indies and Bangladesh ahead of this uh, um, good run in the World Cup. So, yes, it is what it is, but we're second favourite to win the World Cup. And um, I think that's probably about where we should be ranked, about second or third or first. Yeah. Um, one thing, you know, with the Smith injury, um, and we've seen really solid performances by the likes of Agar and, and Inglis. Um, and you, you're, you've already touched on it there. You, you're not sure that Steve Smith will play white ball cricket again. Um, maybe one day, but possibly not T20s. Aaron Finch, would you suggest that he's under a bit of pressure as well? 
I think so. I think that um, th- there's no doubt that he's under a bit of pressure because of just how well these other guys are playing. Mm. Um, I-, I think that Finch, he hasn't had a disgraceful series by any means. He's got a, a few runs, but they've been runs that have been kind of decent contributions in chasing down low totals. We haven't seen a, a flashing kind of performance of the kind that he used to deliver. Yet when you look at Inglis and you look at Maxwell and all of these other p- players, and with Warner and Marsh to come back in, you start to think, he's certainly in our top 10 or 12 T20 batters, but is he in our top seven? And that's going to be a, an interesting dilemma for George Bailey and the other selectors to, to have to deal with because um, they... They proudly want him to be the captain for the tournament, but um, time could run out if he doesn't perform. They're also um, experimenting with Ashton Agar because he has just about the best record of anyone um, in the Australian setup in T20 cricket. This mm. this, um, this series, he's going at a run rate of 3.5 runs per over. Um, he hasn't got he hasn't conceded any single anything more than a single on any given ball that he's bowled mm. yet. We're probably going to go in with this uh, sort of three quicks and one specialist um, spinner. Therefore, he's going to miss out. And I think that mm. they're trying to find ways to justify his inclusion, hence the sort of bizarre um, spectacle of him opening the batting in the last two games, which I don't think is something that is really going to work long term. But they're trying mm. to find a way to squeeze him in um, and finding it hard. He seems to be that player, Ashton Agar, the bloke they're trying to squeeze in. Because I just think he's had no luck at all um, you know, in terms of what he did. Oh, God, how long was it ago he rescued a test for us, didn't he? But his stay in red ball cricket uh, with the baggy green was, was really short-lived. And I don't think we'll ever, well, I don't know, will we, will we see him back in, in the test format, do you think? It's a possibility. He's in the squad for the tour of Pakistan. Mm. Um, and that, that innings you refer to, I was actually there at, um, uh, at Trent Bridge in England in 2013. Oh, do you remember it? Nice- yeah. Oh, it was one of the best days of cricket I've ever yeah. uh, ever encountered. All the the fans all around were giving it to me, and then um, he it was poor old he was, uh, poor old Philip Hughes who put on the big partnership. Um, yes, Agar got ninety eight. Hughes got about eighty five, not out, and it was um, it's still to this day I think it's the highest score ever made by a number eleven yeah. in, um, in in Test cricket. And the shot that he got out on, he's on ninety eight, and he just absolutely mm. smoked one, and we all rose to applaud mm. the century. And then he's um, picked out and got caught on the boundary. And even then, all the English crowd was saying, "You know, we actually wanted him to get the hundred Then it was yeah. a that was a yeah an amazing day's cricket. It was it was one of those where were you moments. Um, yeah, he said, "I can bat. Don't worry about that." Um, James Faulkner can bat. What's happening? Please um, take me through this story. Um, he's stormed out of the Pakistan Super League. Is it a pay dispute? But I think there's a whole lot more to it. Yeah, I mean, on the surface, it's a pay dispute. Apparently, he was having a heated conversation with the reps from the Pakistan Cricket Board, mm. um, and it ended badly with Faulkner apparently throwing his bat and his helmet in the foyer of the hotel, smashing into a chandelier, mm. and then storming to the airport. At the airport, according to the statement released by the Pakistan Super League, uh, by the Pakistan Cricket mm. Board, they said that they received... Uh, information that he was um, p- behaving poorly at the airport as well. And then he sent out a tweet um, basically saying that um, because of the disgraceful treatment he's received from the PCB, he's having to leave. And But the PCB has hit back with a very detailed rebuttal of it all, basically saying, mm. you know, uh, we sent the money to the account that you wanted in Britain. You then came back to us and said, actually, can you send it to an Aussie account? And we said, OK, we'll try. Mm. But we weren't able to get it reversed. You then wanted us to send a second amount to the Aussie account, effectively giving you a duplicate payment. Yeah, good luck. We weren't willing to do that. No. And then you've, um, you've carried on. So 
It's, um, mm. It has not gone down well on Pakistan Twitter because you insult the Pakistan uh, Super League. For a lot of Pakistanis, they're very proud of that tournament. You're kind of insulting um, Pakistan. So mm. he has been absolutely <laughs> given it to on um, on Pakistan Twitter. Not all that much, um, not, not many messages of, of support for James Faulkner, unfortunately. Ah, okay. So there's there's always two sides to the story. So now that we're hearing some of that detail... Maybe it paints um, a little different picture than what we might have um, thought happened. Yeah, okay. So he wanted the second payment, and then he'll pay you back. Yeah, no, it doesn't always work that way, and transferring funds can sometimes be quite time-consuming. Marnus Labuschagne. To be fair to him, I think eh? we, we, probably do need, we probably need to hear from his um, yes. his second rebuttal to that because um, maybe there's a little bit more to it than that. But they have yeah. actually banned him for life as well from the, oh. from the Pakistan Super League, so they haven't mucked around. See you later. So where are they up to, the Pakistan Super League, how, in terms of its duration this, this season? It's about halfway through. Oh, so he's um, midstream. Yeah, and he'd missed the last three games um, mm. for the Quetta, Gallata, Quetta Gladiators because of this dispute. He'd refused to participate, and then, yeah. then it had kind of escalated completely. Righto. All right. We're going to hear more, but you're right. We need to hear the rebuttal of the rebuttal. Um, exactly. From James Faulkner. Um, unusual characters, minus Labuschagne. Uh, we, we, you know, we love to watch him play. He's a little bit different, a little bit out there. Tell me about his preparation for the subcontinent. I mean, we all loved our backyard cricket, but he's taking it to a new extreme. <laughs> I love this. I think this is so great that he's got a rubber strip out on his deck. Looks a very nice deck, by the way. Yeah. And um, he's taping aluminium strips to it and then getting a friend... Um, to bowl a taped-up tennis ball with some spin. And so the idea is that if it hits the um, the rubber, mm. it will spin sharply. But if it hits the metal, it will skid straight on. Right. And he's making the point that often in the subcontinent, you, you know, you just flick on for one ball of a highlight and you see this guy just missed a straight one. What's going on? It's because the ball before jagged three feet. And so yeah. he said he's trying to develop the ability to play that sort of random thing where it might spin or it might not. And the reason I kind of love it is that I'm so sick of Australians playing well at home and then going to the subcontinent and struggling. And Nathan yeah. Hayden, back in 2001, was in the side, but everyone was saying, oh, this you know, big unit from Queensland, he can't play spin. But for about three weeks before the Indian tour, mm. he roughed up and doctored a pitch in Brisbane, got all the local spinners to bowl. Um, you know, He watered it and everything mm. and basically developed a, a way of playing, developed a good sweep shot went across to that Indian tour and dead set played like Don Bradman. So yeah. I'd like to see more of this sort of thing, even though it's a little bit random and a bit quirky. I like it. I like it. So some aluminium sort of sheets on top of a rubber deck and depending on where the, the, the ball lands, uh, depends on whether it skids through or, or takes a break. I, I like it. Uh, talking of unusual things, and um, tell us more about this ambidextrous bowler uh, making his shield debut for Tasmania. Yeah, Nivathan Radhakrishnan. Um, he is someone who is making the headlines because he bowls with both arms, which is pretty random, uh, pretty unusual. But he's more than just a sort of a gimmick, in my opinion. I've watched a, a fair bit of his highlights um, on, on social media and on, on various different sources. He seems to land them really well with both arms. He spins it, so off spinner and then left arm orthodox. He's got that really, um, that, that, that style of bowling that Australia seems to lack sometimes. And I could just envisage him at some point in the future doing it for Australia at the international level. He's only 19. In addition to that, he opens the batting um, for his grade side. He's batting at about seven or so in this, his debut match in the Sheffield Shield. Um, just in the World Cup, just gone, uh, we played uh, Afghanistan to win third place for the under-19s. And he took three for 31 and then scored 66, top scored as Australia won. 
he is a player of um, some significant potential. Who knows? At 19, lots of players show potential and, and turn into nothing. But uh, I think he's more than the gimmick and the headline around the fact that he does bowl with, with both arms. But he's making the point. Why should I have to tell the umpire that I'm switching? You know, the batter can make a switch hit, doesn't have to tell me anything. Yeah. I'm required to tell them. And I, I think he's got a good point. I think it'd be, it might as well just let him bowl with, it, with either arm and let the batter handle it. Right arm over, left arm around. Which one? Right arm around, left arm over. <laughs> he could get exactly. Quite, yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's update that match, shall we? So New South Wales, Tasmania, day three, SCG. Uh, Blues leading by 215 runs. Uh, we posted, I say we, New South Wales, 276, Tassie 213 all out, and we're now one, uh, four for 152. So uh, Matthew Jilks, uh, 64, um, he was bold. Jason Sanger, a handy uh, 47. Um, first innings, though, if we go back to that, Hayden Kerr is really good, wasn't he, uh, in the BBL, and um, he's continuing that in the Shield. Yeah, took the second most wickets in the BBL, 25 wickets, equal second. Yeah. And then he's come out and um, plundered 98 in the um, in the semi-final, or the the, um, the qualifier or the eliminator, or whatever the word they used. And then um, got 60-odd dot out in his first Shield game, and he's come out and scored 88 as everyone else collapsed around him. He's got an interesting story because he played in Darwin during the winter, as a lot of players do, and then that's when the Sydney lockdown occurred. So rather than coming back to Sydney to play great cricket, he went and played great cricket in Gold Coast, played five games, scored, scored two centuries. Mm. Um, and he's nominally more of a bowler than a batter in terms of the public perception. So another player that don't want to get too excited about, but um, mm. it's hard not to. No, absolutely. Um, all right, I appreciate Paul jumping on the line. Um, you know, the, the final T20 is tonight in Melbourne, um, and there have been pretty poor crowds, let's, let's call it for what it is, and... Um, Probably the same might be repeated tonight, or, or what are you expecting? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think that we got 13, 12,500 the other night in Melbourne, and that was, by and large, um, Sri Lankan fans. I think that we'll get an even smaller crowd tonight, because I think the Sri Lankan mm-hmm. fans probably all agree, let's go to the Friday night game. It's a more enticing game than a Sunday night game. So we might be in um, under 10,000, and it's a sad... It's a sad thing. There are plenty of excuses for it, COVID and this mm. time of the year, and it's a fairly meaningless series and everything else. Um, and they have this kind of requirement to have these bilateral series to meet obligations yeah. and prepare for the World Cup. But even so, and the fact that it's not on free-to-air TV, even so, though, it's a really bad look. They, did, they didn't even open the Great Southern Stand um, for, the first, for the Friday night game. And as a cricket fan, I look at that and think, you know, two weeks' time, they'll have 85,000 there watching an AFL game. It's a bit embarrassing, and I think Cricket Australia need to need to do something about it going forward. Mm. All right, mate. I uh, appreciate you jumping on the line, Paul, uh, and you can uh, get a whole lot more of Paul. Oh, it doesn't sound quite right. You can hear a whole <laughs> lot more, more of Paul uh, on the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, and you can find that wherever you get all your, your best podcasts. Thanks for your time, mate. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Great stuff. There is Paul Dennett, uh, Cricket Unfiltered.